to the Novel Universe with Ashley and Dawn, book club buddies who love to read YA fiction. We'll discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and oh my gosh, we need to talk about this right now. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. So grab something sweet or salty and join our universe. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your host Dawn, the criticizer of books. Ashley went on vacation this week with her family, so it will just be me today. And next week, Ashley and I will return with our review and discussion of The Betrothal. The Betrothal? I always say that word wrong. But it's The Betrothal, whatever, by Kira Cass. Today, I'm going to do two books that I read this month so that my end of the month wrap up isn't really long. So today I will be talking about Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo and Aurora Burning by Jay Kristoff and Amy Kaufman. I'm going to do spoiler free and then spoiler of both. If you are interested in hearing the spoiler stuff, I will put timestamps in the show notes so that you know when stuff is going to happen and you can skip around however you like. All right, so let's get started with Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. I gave this a reluctant four, probably a 3.9, mostly because I think I gave Poet X a four, and this was not better than Poet X, so I can't give it the same score because it wasn't better than it. But a rough description is, first of all, this is written in verse, thank God. Um, I think Acevedo writes in verse far better than a traditional novel. I didn't really like With the Fire on High. I felt like Poet X was much more critical, whereas The Fire on High was... um, I would give With the Fire on High to a reluctant reader. It's not really going to challenge them too much, whereas The Poet X is much more of a critical book. And this Clap When You Land is also more of a critical book. So I kind of went off on a tangent there, sorry. Clap When You Land is about two girls... Camino and Yahera. I'm going to call her Yahera because phonetically it's an A sound. So I'm just going to call her Yahera. Camino lives in the Dominican Republic. Yahera lives in uh, New York. And both of their fathers die on a plane crash that was heading from New York to the Dominican Republic. And it's talking about their grief and how they're dealing with their father's memory and when he was here and when they were when um their fathers were when their fathers died so that's pretty much what the book is about um and just like I do with Ashley I'm gonna go through my likes or um, start with my dislikes first and we try to end on a positive note and I'll give my likes and then I will go into the spoiler edition once again I'll put in the show notes when the spoiler edition starts this is spoiler free I'm rambling, sorry. Okay, so I only had a couple of dislikes, but they were pretty big dislikes, which was one of the reasons why my rating is a little low. I consider it to be low because it's um, Acevedo and I should be rating her books higher than this. But my first biggest problem, my first biggest problem, my first problem was that we have two different girls two different POVs and it switches back and forth however both girls had very similar voices and so what that means is is 
they sound the same. So when you switch back and forth, I and the, okay. So I'm gonna give you an example of what happened. So like I said, this book switches POVs, and so we would be in Camino, down in the Dominican Republic, and then we'd be with Yehera in Brooklyn. And I'm the type of person, I'm the type of reader for some reason, I don't always pay attention to chapters um, unless there are chapter titles. Like if there's like a chapter that has like words in the title and not just a number. But if there's a number, I'm not really paying too much attention when it's gone to a new chapter. And but this book lets you know when you are switching characters. But for some reason, I must have missed that. And I'm reading and reading and reading. And I'm, I went from Camino to Yehera. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, oh, did Azevedo like put both characters in the same chapters? Did she like weave them in together? That's kind of interesting how she did that. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. So I flipped back and come to find out I had switched chapters and not realizing it. Now, the problem with that is. If you do that, you should immediately know you're you're reading a different person because their voices are different. You have friends. Chances are you and your friends do not have the same personality. You're distinguishable. And but and so it's important that when you have several characters in a book that they're distinguishable characters, but Camino and Yahara sounded the same. And I think that's a really big problem as far as um literary it's not it's it's bad it's not good to have your characters have the same voice so that was a big problem my second problem was there are some sexual harassment and sexual assault in this book and I don't feel like it was integrated well into the story I'm not going to really go into it in the spoiler free edition I will in the spoiler edition but it just seemed to be more, especially Yehera's experience, it seemed to be more of a means to an end. It wasn't part of her daily life. It wasn't part of her story. If it had not have been in the book, it really would not have made a difference. And that's kind of how you can tell if something has impacted a book. If, if you take it out and it doesn't really change the story, then why put it in there in the first place? With Camino. There was a guy who, okay, so um, Camino's father worked um, in a different, he worked in the States and he worked in New York. And so he would fly back and forth to be with his daughter. And she, um, I guess he paid the town pimp to leave her alone. So when he died, the town pimp wasn't getting his money and he was starting to harass Camino. And so that whole development was just stupid. I, it just didn't, it just didn't work well within the story. So once again, I will go into it in the spoiler edition more, but I didn't like that at all. I just didn't like how it was done. I felt like it was done better in the Poet X. Um, I, I think her name was Zemina. She, the the sexual harassment in the Poet X was something that she had to deal with on a day-to-day basis and so it was just done better it's a it's more of a coming of age story and so it was just done better I don't know and also in the poet x there's only one character so we only hear one voice whereas in this one there's two voices and so that's where Acevedo kind of kind of failed a little bit okay the only other thing I had 
it was a little bit too predictable. I kind of predicted how it was going to end. And sometimes I'm okay with being predictable and sometimes I'm not. And in this instance, I was not okay with it. Okay, so let's move on to what I did like. So um, Yehera is darker skin. Camino is lighter skin. Yehera lives in New York. Camino lives in Dominican Republic. Yehera is more middle class. She's also of Dominican Republic descent. Both of her parents are from the Dominican Republic. So, but she's American. She was born in the States. Um, she is probably middle class and Camino is probably lower, lower middle class. And so there are a lot of differences between the two girls, but they are more similar than they are different. And I liked how a Cervedo kind of displayed their differences, yet their similarities. So even though one is darker, one is lighter, one is um, one has more money, one has a, um, her mother is alive, whereas Camino, Yehera's mother is alive and she loses her mother, whereas Camino's mother has died and she loses her aunt. And so now Camino has lost both her parents. And so... They, they eat the same food, they have the same culture, they have this great family um, community around them. So there are a lot of similarities and there are differences. And so I liked how she um, showed a girl, a girl of a Dominican Republic descent who is American and compared it to a girl who lives in a Dominican Republic. So I like that. Uh, the other thing I liked was the actual history lesson of the uh, plane crash. I did not know that there was a major plane crash right after 9-11 and it was probably because it was right after 9-11 and it didn't get a lot of coverage but a plane crash that was coming from New York to the Dominican Republic and that plane crash impacted that country so much so that it still does today and so when there are flights from New York to Dominican Republic when they land they clap because they made it safely so they you clap when you land so I did like that little history lesson and how she kind of even though it happened a long time ago she makes it in the present I was kind of confused at first I was like okay so at first I thought it took place in 2001 which was right after 9-11 and I was like why is she posting on Facebook we didn't have Facebook in 2001 no 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 so it's she just took a historic event and put it into contemporary times so yeah um the only other thing I said that I will like and I kind of mentioned it already is that it's written in verse I think that Acevedo does better when she writes in verse as opposed to a full-blown novel I am not a poetry reader so I'm pretty sure she used you know different types of poetry throughout her book there were instances where there were like really big spaces in between some of the words and I'm pretty sure there was for a reason probably for impact um yeah that's pretty much it and that's really not a lot of likes so yeah so I will get to the spoiler edition after I do Aurora Burning spoiler free. So I'll do spoiler freeze together and then spoilers together. Um, I will say that Clap When You Land is worth a read. If you are a librarian and you're looking for a book for reluctant readers, I do think it's a good book for a reluctant reader. Any book in verse is good for a reluctant reader because it's not intimidating. Um... So I would give this to a book club, whether you have like a book club who are beginner readers and they just need 
a good book to discuss or if you have advanced readers I think it's good for both it's it's worth the read it's worth the purchase if you are not a librarian and you're you know a reader just a YA reader it is worth your time to read this book all right Aurora Burning is by Jay Kristoff and Amy Kaufman and I gave this a solid four I'm not going to go into the description of the book because it is a book two. And if you have not read book one, I'm not going to spoil it for you. And if I give you a plot synopsis, I'm going to do that. So basically this book, the series is about these teens who are a crew on a ship. It is set in like 2370. So it's like several hundred years from now and the earth is no longer. And so everybody lives in space. And there are different species in space. And these teens, they go to school and they train to pilot a ship and they go out on, you know, missions to like help people if they need medicine or they need food or something like that. And because it's a strenuous job, you can only do it till you're about the age of 25 and then you have a desk job. And then while the captain was out in space he saw a girl floating in space and he takes her back and comes to find out she's from the past she's 200 years old why is she still here so that's basically what the whole story is about and book two kind of picks up where book one left off and that's all I'm gonna say okay um let's start with dislikes let's start with dislikes uh let me see Okay, so I listened to this book on audio and book one I read. So my biggest dislike, and I think it might be more of a me problem and not the book's problem. But when I read Aurora, this book is told in five different POVs, I believe. So they all have their own chapters. And when I read Aurora, she seemed to be, you know, she's been floating in space for 200 years and everybody she knows and loves is gone so I read this girl is quite sad a little depressed because everybody she knows is gone she's scared because she doesn't know who to trust and so her voice was just very not a fun time she just was not having fun at all as she should be but when I listened to her in book two she was very upbeat and like just like amazed at everything around her and oh look at this planet and wow look at out the stars out the window and everything was just beautiful to look at and she just had this very positive attitude and that was just not how I read her in book one at all and I don't know if she just started to trust them more in book two and she just kind of changed her whole attitude or if I just read her wrong in book one, maybe I got it wrong. I don't know. But it bothered me enough to lower my rating because I'm like, this is not the girl I read at all in book one. And the girl who narrated her voice was it was a little too chipper. It was very chipper. And I I didn't like it. So that was problem number one. Problem number two was the ending um, I didn't like how it played out. I felt like Amy Kaufman and Kristoff were like, okay, so we need a climax and we need a transition to something major. And how are we going to do that? Let's do this and let's make a trophy. Like, I feel like that's what happened. And I just did not like it 
And I'm like, okay, I was trucking. I was, I was like on it. And then that happened. And I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. I can't say, I will save it for the spoiler edition. But yeah, I didn't like that ending. Um, yeah, I, I just felt like the whole ending was a little bit too predictable and a little bit too sharp of a turn. Just a little bit too sharp. But other than that, those are all my dislikes, which is pretty good. What I liked about the book is, first of all, the pacing. Um, I am not a plot driven book reader. I do not prefer plot driven. And by you know plot driven, I mean, there's a lot of action on the page. I don't like a lot of action on the page. And in these books, it is constant action every other chapter something's happening man it's not a lot of character development it's much more action focused normally I hate that because authors like to sacrifice story for action because they don't think that teens can sustain a attention span to read a character development story which is not true by the way So they put a lot of needless action in their books. But I don't feel like this book did this at all. Everything had a reason. It was either for the world or their story or it was moving along the story or the plot. So I did like that. The pacing is very well done considering how big the book is. I like the theme in this book. There were several themes, but there was one major theme that I really liked is so in this book, we read about all of the characters and their relationships with their parents and particularly their fathers, which you do not see a lot in YA. Fathers are not in YA books. Not Parents are not in YA books. Barely, they're in there. But fathers are most definitely are not. So to see a theme of father-daughter, father-son relationship, I thought was really good and really refreshing. So I did like that a lot. And it did kind of open up the characters a lot more. You get to learn a lot more about them. I believe her name is Zika. Oh, God, I hate that I don't remember anybody's name. Um, Zika, we don't know anything about her in book one, but we're starting to understand her more. And I believe, I don't know if Kristoff confirmed it, but I believe he said she might be autistic, I think. Don't quote me on that. But... So we learn a lot more about her and a lot more about the twins and their relationship with their father and Cal and all the characters, basically. Um, There is a new character that I will not say, but I like this new character a lot. I'm not going to say because it's a spoiler. If you read book one, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I also like there's a new addition to the plot mystery. Once again, I'm not going to say because it's a spoiler, but I really did like that. And I'm intrigued by what it means because it wasn't answered in this book. And that was okay. I don't mind that that wasn't answered. I have my theories, but yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, That's it. That's pretty much what I liked about it. It's a good it's a good book. It's a fun book. It's very visual. It's very vivid. You can see it playing in your head like a movie the characters are funny when they're supposed to be funny and like sad when they're supposed to be sad and all the things so if you have not read aurora rising i forgot the title of the book and you like science fiction and you're looking for a good science fiction book i do recommend aurora rising and aurora burning all right 
Well, thank you for joining me. If you are leaving for the spoiler free or the spoiler edition, you don't want to stay. Thank you for joining me. Uh, As I said at the top of the pod, Ashley and I will return next Friday. We will be reviewing the betrothal. Is that how you say that word? I don't know. By Kara Cass. If you already read that book, join us next week. Uh, So thank you for joining us and I'll catch you in the next pod. For those of you who are staying, we are starting the spoiler edition in 54321. Okay. There's not really much to spoil and clap when you land because um, there's one major spoiler, but that's really it. So, and then there's stuff that I want to go into more about the sexual harassment stuff that I didn't like. So the major spoiler is that they have the same dad. Hopefully, I was trying, when I did my description, I was really trying not to spoil that in my description. I was trying to be really careful. And... I did not see that coming at all. Like, I knew that Yahira's father had a really big secret. And then she said, what is this certificate? And I'm like, certificate? What? Because at first I thought maybe he was secretly working for El Cerro or um, maybe he was some kind of, like, I don't know. I had no idea what this guy was up to. And then she said she found a certificate. And I'm like, a certificate? Did he go to college? I don't understand. What certificate is she talking about? And it never occurred to me that it would be a marriage certificate. Oh, my God. So I thought the pacing of that was done really well. I liked that Acevedo let you know when she wanted you to know that they had the same father. You knew it immediately if you were paying attention, which it's it was pretty obvious when it happened. Um, And then it changed the whole dynamic of the book. So I I really did like the twist. I thought that it was well done. I thought it was good for the plot. I thought that the two girls were connected because both of their fathers were on the plane that crashed. And so they have some sort of they have that connection. So that's what I was waiting for them to reunite and like bond over their grief. And but I mean, yeah, but come to find out they had the same father. Um, so that's the biggest spoiler but the other thing I wanted to talk about was, okay, so the sexual harassment stuff and the sexual assault. So Yehira's sexual assault, she was assaulted on a train. And then it's only mentioned once again. And it's when she's like, I don't like riding the train by myself. And I'm like, that's it. So that it's not a part of her life. She doesn't really talk about it. It doesn't seem to have affected her too much. And then at the very end, when Camino is assaulted, She's like, I know how you feel. And Camino's like, no, you don't. Because she has it in her head that because she's from New York and she has more opportunities open to her, she can't possibly understand what it's like to be sexually assaulted. So Yahira doesn't exactly tell her what happens, which is fine. She didn't need to do that. I'm not saying that. But it just felt like they gave Yahira, Acevedo gave Yahira that sexual assault moment just so she could have something to relate to with her sister and that it really wasn't a part of her development at all and I didn't really like that I just felt like that could have been left out also the Acero thing was just like I understand what Cevedo was trying to do Cevedo that's not her name hey Cevedo I know what she was trying to do she was trying because he always stalked her when she was at the beach or on her way to the beach and so they were basically she's basically saying that she that Camino was not going to let this man stop her from going to the beach which is what she loves to do she's not going to do that okay I get that great great sentiment however 
he would just show up and say creepy things that leer at her and then she would just like go home and just like live her life and walk down the street and not really worry too much about her safety okay and then the real thing that bothered me was her excuse for not telling her auntie was that well she's old and she's 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 frail i'm like girl she what is she like 45 she ain't that old first of all second of all like her auntie is revered in that neighborhood i felt like she would have been able to help her i'm really kind of tired of reading the girl who doesn't speak up and doesn't tell people that somebody is bothering her i i am tired of reading that girl i want to read the girl that tells her parents somebody is bothering me help me i don't and it really bothered me to the point where I had to lower my rating because the whole El Cerro part of the book was just, it was aggravating. I'm like, girl, tell your friend, tell your friend, the pregnant girl, tell somebody. And they're just like, oh, Camino, we heard that you're hanging around El Cerro. You shouldn't be. He's bad news. And she just was like, she just brushed it off. I hated all of that. I hated all of that. So yeah, I really wish that she could have left that out or she could have developed that a little bit more. Um, that's really all the spoilers I have for this book. Um, as far as the prediction thing, I was saying it was predictable because I knew that while Yehera was in the Dominican Republic, that Kamina was going to take off in the middle of the night and he was going to assault her and they were going to come to her rescue. Like, you can see that coming a mile away. And I feel like that's too predictable for a book like this if you're going to do it that way if you want if you want that to be predictable then how they handle it should be amazing but the two women just kind of like band together and whoop his ass okay I mean great yay but okay that's it <laughs> at least in the red hood they like killed him or something i'm not saying that he needed to die i'm not saying that but at least in like the red hood they like he turned into a wolf you know do something with it don't just be like hey i'm gonna whoop your ass get out of my daughter whatever I, okay that's all i'm gonna say about that book once again it's a pretty good book read it it's worth your time okay so let's get into the spoiler edition of aurora burning um okay so what I was saying about the ending and how I felt the climax was just <sighs> my neighbors sorry guys with that freaking car my neighbors in their car sorry so what I was saying the climax part what I said was too predictable and too sharp so um well let me go back to the new plot edition so they find these little trinkets on the ship and they're like and it's got their name on it and everyone has their own and they're like what am I supposed to do with this what does this mean come to find out it's it's used they're supposed to use it to save their own lives which means that the government who gave it to them I think it was the government the Terran government gave it to them how did they know that they would need it so they either travel through time or there's an oracle that's like, um, this is going to happen and they, you can't tell them what's going to, you can't tell them, but just give them some stuff and maybe they'll figure it out. So I think it was an oracle. I don't think they traveled through time, but who knows? This book could take some kind of weird turn. So, I mean, either way, I think it's pretty cool. I just really like the addition of that because that, 
just kind of came out of left field but it I thought it did pretty I thought it I thought it was a good addition to the book so back to the ending so Cal had his his prediction or his little personal trinket and it said tell her the truth so of course we're all kind of thinking we're like tell who the truth about what and come to find out the the main guy the main villain was his father and he didn't tell anybody and they like lost their shit and I'm like oh my god okay yes he kept this pretty major secret from you however he has risked his life for you why would he be risking his life for you if he was a double agent I think they overreacted way too much I hate that trope that you lied to me trope go away I hate that trope and they put it in the book and I was very upset about that and the only reason why they needed that to happen was for Cal to go to his father so when Aurora confronts the father he would have to make a choice that was the only reason why they needed for them to kick him out was so that there could be this big battle between Aurora and his father. And then, of course, he's going to, of course, he's going to, of course, he's going to help Aurora because that's his bechamel or whatever. And he hates his father. So, I don't know. I just, I just felt like it was just really obvious and too sharp. And I hated all of that. And it's the ending, And if you read book one, because you probably have read book one, otherwise you probably shouldn't be listening to the spoiler part. But the end of book one was just so sad. Oh, my God. I was sobbing toward at the end of the first book. And I was I wasn't expecting to be sobbing again. That's not what I'm saying. But that was there. The the killing of Kat in book one was the huge emotional moment. And I feel like they tried to make Cal being ousted their big moments maybe I don't know but I didn't like it so on that same note I am kind of not shipping Cal and Aurora they're kind of annoying with the bechamel I'm kind of and I know that's not the word I think bechamel is a sauce but I'm kind of over them they're a little gross with the bechamel stuff However, I am really into Tyler and Cal's sister. I have forgotten her name, but she's a badass and I like her a lot. And you know they're going to hook up. You know he's probably her bechamel or whatever, but I like the two of them. So I have switched my ship focus to Tyler and Cal's sister. I cannot remember her name for the life of me. God, I listened to the book and... I returned the book so I can't go back and find her name but you know who I'm talking about so I really like the two of them I liked their parts together (laughs) you know what I mean you know the times where they were in you know together on the adventure their adventure they were together so I'm, I'm curious about their relationship um let's see anything else I can spoil no those are really the two biggest things as far as the spoiling of this book um I'm not really into Scarlet and Finn I really would like to see more of Zika I think that's her name I am horrible at names I'm so sorry I'm horrible at names in real life 
much much less a book. Come on. If I can't remember a person's name in real life, I'm not going to remember their name in a book. So, but you know what I'm talking about, the black girl. So I like her. I, I'm hoping, well, we are going to get more of her. We got a lot more of her in this book, which I liked a lot. Um, This is a pretty good series. I'm excited. I, it always ends on a cliffhanger. I'm excited to find out what happens. And another thing I didn't mention in the spoiler-free part of the pod I like that Jay Kristoff at the beginning of his book, he's like, hey, here's what you need to know that happened in book one. Thank you, Jesus, because I don't remember anything that happened in book one, except for that cat died. I don't remember anything else. So I do appreciate the recap. I wish all authors would do that, but, you know, they can't do that. But all right, guys, um, I don't know what I'm going to be reading for the rest of the month. Right now I'm reading... Oh, Rick. I can never remember the name of this book. Why? Why? I want to finish the end of... Oh, God. I can never remember the name of stuff. It's the Obelisk Gate. I'm trying to read the Stone the Stone Sky. So the fifth season, the Obelisk Gate and the Stone Sky. So I'm trying to... I want to finish that series. So I think I'm going to try and finish that. I am planning on reading... The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I think that's what it's called. That comes out this month. I'm currently reading As the Shadow Rises, which is book two for There Will Come a Darkness by Katie Rose Poole. If you have not read There Will Come a Darkness and you are looking for an actual good fantasy, please read There Will Come a Darkness. It is a very good book, a very solid fantasy. And book two is just as good. Katie Rose Poole writes really interesting characters. Her world is very interesting, very diverse. Her writing style is no trope. She writes against trope, which means her books are not predictable. Yay! Like, I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, book two. So, I got mine on Edelweiss. Um, I, but I'm fancy. I'm whitelisted on Edelweiss, so... It may not be available to everybody. It doesn't come out until September. But I don't know if it's on NetGalley. I think they were kind of like giving special requests. I don't know. Anyway, read There Will Come a Darkness if you haven't read it. It is a really good book. I don't know what else I'm going to be reading in April. I'm trying to read nine books this month. I'm not going to make it, but maybe I'll get to seven books this month. But thank you for joining me. And I'll catch you next week on the pod. <laughs>